You're listening to The Tactical Kitchen. I'm Melody Behrens, certified chef and nutritional therapy practitioner. And I'm Steve Behrens, 21-year special operations veteran and certified personal trainer. Together, we are here to share our experience on the ketogenic lifestyle. Don't forget our disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We're not doctors, and we don't play them on the internet. Now, let's get ready to chew the fat. Mmm, bacon. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tactical Kitchen Show. Episode number 45. You got it out before I could. Boom. Nailed it right yeah. at the top, man. Right at the very beginning. Yeah. It's like now magic. I don't have anything to say. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Right, well, see that you wraps next up week. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry. We always have plenty to talk about. I never think we have a lot to talk about until we start talking and then I look over and it's like 45 minutes and I'm like, we should probably shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody else is like, how long is this episode? Well, Holy you know, crap. they know going into it because it says right there, it, it populates the minutes. Well, I don't do that with some episodes. Like, for example, the Joe Rogan episode, you know, experience, those things are anywhere from like two hours to like four hours. So I never, yeah. I never even look because I don't want to know. What was the, I got on the history um, podcast. Oh, what is that one called? I'm going to look it up because I looked at one of the episodes and it was, uh, it was six hours. Wow. Okay, so we're not ever going to do a six-hour episode. Uh, we try to keep them at least, you know, 45 minutes or less so you don't have to worry about, you know, spending your yeah. entire day listening. But so what are we going to talk about today? Oh, gosh. Okay, so first of all, um, I'm tracking my food again. Right. So we uh, everybody knows – not everybody. People listening to this thing know that. No, everybody that, that, knows. Uh, we started. Melody started doing the keto desserts, and you had your your first delivery last weekend. So yeah, yeah, that, so, that well. Yeah, we delivered um, a bunch of keto desserts to people who bought their keto bakery boxes, and that seemed to go well. And um, lucky for us, we had some leftovers, and because you always make a little more in case something falls or you screw if, something up. I don't know if lucky is the right description for that because well, because I, the reason that we've kind of thought or Melody has thought, hey, I'm going to track and, and do certain things is because we've ate over the past couple of weeks a lot of dessert. We have eaten our fair share, the lion's share of keto desserts. And here's the thing. This is interesting because if you're new to keto and you start eating keto desserts, you have to really look at the amount of almonds that are going into your body (laughs) because, you know, a lot of keto desserts to get a good texture, you have to use almond flour. Right. Coconut flour has a weird texture to me. It's not my favorite. I'm going to start experimenting with some of that uh, a little bit more because I can't have any more almonds right now because I, I developed a rash well i just so i just ate a huge piece of carrot cake right, right before we started this right in front of her it was a double-sized piece because it was the last piece and well, i'm like i'm gonna finish this out when we say double-sized piece, I'm not a quitter. these are these are smaller portions this is a double piece of keto cake but it's smaller than a normal size piece of cake because they're so rich right and with fat and the because the fa- the flour, the almond flour, mm-hmm. is very fatty. So yeah, and and, and then butter. What you're saying is the almond flour. I have the same thing. I get if I get oxalates. Yeah. I get a rash on my stomach. Not really a rash, like bumps. Yeah. Okay. So almond flour is high in oxalates. Mm-hmm. And if anybody has listened and even remembers. I have had an issue with oxalates. When we went carnivore, I started detoxing really fast. I got like a knot on one of my fingers that I found out later was like a result of detoxing oxalates or it coming out of your tissue. And um, I got a rash and different things like that. Well, it was a little scary to start eating all these keto desserts because we were eating a crap ton. (laughs) And, you know... I started realizing, wow, I'm putting a lot of almond flour back in my diet. Crap time. Yeah, it's like a baker's dozen. (laughs) So, but it's more than a baker's dozen, less than a truck full. Yeah. 
So, so it's a crap ton. So if you have an oxalate issue, you might if you, and you start consuming some keto desserts, that might be something you want to pay attention to. Yeah, pay attention to your skin, to your joints, because oxalates can cause joint tightness. And that's where I experience it. Like my fingers get a little tight. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel, um, well, mostly in my hands, I'll feel that in my finger joints. And then I got a little rash on my skin from that. And there's some other things that happen. Some people can get digestive issues, um, you know, various yeah. things. You can look it up. So I, I had a, a, you know, I, I noticed a couple little bumps on my stomach, but also if I had cashews, same thing. Yeah, because oxalates. Oxalates, crazy, Because, right? you know, nut flour, eating nuts, same thing, you yeah. know. So we're going to dial. I'm personally, now I want all of you people to, you know, if you're local, you can still buy keto desserts. I'll still be making them. <laughs> but I'm not going to be eating the amount as we were in testing because Number one, it's a treat. Desserts are meant to be a treat every now and again. Mm-hmm. Some people eat them after their first meal of the day on Monday, and they have a double-sized piece of cake like Steve. I just treated myself. But I know. <laughs> so, But they should be a treat, and they're fine to eat periodically, but we were eating them every single day, twice a day, which I will say is overkill. I'm the overkill killer. And I have to dial that back because also you're looking at, they are very, um, if you want to say fuel dense. Right. Energy dense. <laughs> Energy dense. And because we want to avoid saying calories. That's uh, we just have like a thing about calories. I, I hate they're calories. Stupid. I hate it. So they're very energy dense, and I, if you're eating two desserts a day, it starts to add up if you're not working out like you know, Matt Fraser or Tia Claire Toomey. And so I have to, I'm going to dial it back a little bit and, or a lot and track my food for a while because I'm upping my workouts again and I'm going to see how much fuel my body requires to keep up with the demand. Right. And that's really important. And and that's what you'll notice is when you, when you start doing that, when you up your, your workouts and you're trying to dial back how much energy food you're taking in, you're, you're going to start noticing uh, hunger occurs more often. Right. And so I think keeping it really simple, and a lot of people have trouble with this when it comes to diet. One thing that we might mention is that when you're trying to really dial it in, the last thing you want to do is say to yourself, well, on Monday, I want to have keto Indian food. On Tuesday, I want to have keto Mexican food and, you know, and be really elaborate with it. Be okay with being real simple. Like, we've had hamburger patties for several days in a row, (laughs) and we're going to continue to do that. And that's something I want to talk about a little bit. Budget. Budget, yeah. So, yeah, we talked about that yesterday. You were were talking about the food that we're buying and how much it costs estimated per week because everybody always talks about how, how expensive keto is. Right. Now, if you're buying keto desserts offline or buying keto supplements or or keto foods, they are expensive. The ingredients are super expensive for things like making the keto desserts that I've been making. When you start looking at the sweeteners, the flours, the stevia sweetened chocolates, and all these things are specialty items, so they're much more expensive. But if you're talking about dialing in your diet because you want to get – you have a goal, Mm -hmm. and that's where I'm at right now. I have a goal. And, you know, you dial it in and you start eating food to support that goal. Well, you're probably not going to be eating dessert every day. Well. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) But, you know, we went to the store yesterday and they had, and somebody might be upset about this, but I'm not a stickler for grass-fed or whatever when it comes to meat. Um, I buy what's on sale. I'm a normal everyday person and I just go to the store and find the sale and they happen to have three pounds of ground beef the 80 20 80 percent lean 20 percent fat mm-hmm. on sale for buy one get one free so you got six pounds for ten dollars and 47 cents you start breaking that down I mean we get about seven hamburger patties out of each three pounds of meat and we there's three of us in the house, and we eat that. And that's a really good price point 
for someone who's trying to get a nutrient-dense food with plenty of fat and on a budget. Right. You, you can feed a family of three for basically six bucks. Yeah. Now, granted, that's just hamburger patties. That's, that's, that's nothing else. There's no avocados or, you know, we add sauerkraut and stuff like that. That doesn't include that cost. But, you know, if you're on a budget and you're really trying to tighten your belt, that's something you can look at. Now, some people do freak out about not buying grass-fed. And if that's the way you feel, that's fine. But what we found is, um, you know, we don't need that. We don't need the stress of having to worry about whether or not it's grass-fed or not. Right, because if your budget isn't at the level where you can just drive all over town or special order grass-fed meat if it's not close to you, then don't worry about it. Do do what you can do. What was the story we heard about the homeless guy who ate ground beef and eggs and like lost like a hundred pounds? Yeah, like totally improved his health and cooked on a like a sterno. Yeah, outside, outside in the in the alley. Uh, I mean that's. That's incredible. Yeah, and he did He did exactly what we said. He did what he could afford. He could afford – he bought the cheapest eggs, you know, because mm-hmm. you, if you go some places, you can buy a, a dozen eggs for a dollar. Yeah, or you can buy the dozen eggs for eight dollars. Yeah, so there's a huge range, and, and a lot of that's marketing. You're paying for uh, – you know, if it's a big company and they market a lot, they're, they're charging you for that marketing. They're not doing it for free. No, and I know that, you know – Egg quality, that's something I usually do stretch out a little bit more yeah. for our budget because I I enjoy um, the flavor of those eggs. And I don't know, I, I, it's, it's mental for me too. But if your budget is not there, you can. You can get, you can get eggs so cheap. Eggs and ground beef. Right, you can. So, And if that's where you're at, then that's what you do. Exactly. Um, and so, I wanted to talk about that budget a little bit because I think this is such a roadblock for so many people. Right. They think, I can't eat keto because it's so expensive because of all the meat and all the stuff. And just keep it simple. Keep it so simple. Yeah. So we figured out if you're buying eggs and buying them you know, on a budget and you're buying regular meat on a budget, you know, for a family of three, we figure it's about 120 bucks a week. Yeah, and that's with some extras like kids' school lunch things and things that have to go in, into that. Like just eating the meat, eggs, and butter that we normally eat. I mean, we could get away with $80 for the week. But when you add on a few of the extras that we have to do for school lunch or um, even our keto cream that we put in our coffee in the morning, it does stretch it out to about $120 a week. But you can live really a, a good keto lifestyle on a really small budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, five hundred dollars for a month of a budget. Now, that's no eating out. That's it's, uh, it's no additional stuff in there. That's that's pulling it in tight. But that brings some realization to the fact that it's not as expensive as people say that it is. And that's I think that's the big issue with some people getting started is they look at it. Oh, and we talked about this yesterday. If somebody's going out to eat for lunch, we figured the average person is spending like $15. 10 to $15. $10 to $15 for a lunch almost anywhere if you're going out to eat during your workday. When you start looking at your food and you're comparing eating at home to that, yeah, it's going to seem like it's going to cost a lot of money. But if you eat keto where and you start really doing this where you can skip a meal or have you know, a a couple of boiled eggs, you know, for lunch and maybe a hamburger patty, then it starts becoming so affordable. Then you're eating like at the cost of the 99 cent meal at McDonald's and you're eating good quality food. Right. And and I've done this. I've been traveling and, you know, we had to go to a lunch with a group of people because that's who you're with. And, and you go to a certain location where you're like, I don't want any of the food here. Like none of it. I don't want to eat any of it. So, yeah. so I, I would just skip a meal and people would go, aren't you going to eat? And I'd be like, I, I'm, I, you know, I don't need to put that in my body. I, I respect it more than that. And then they would ask me, well, don't you get hungry or don't you get hangry? No, I don't get hangry. That's a cool thing about being, uh, you know, keto or carnivore is you don't get hangry. You might get hungry, but, but you do not get that low hangry feeling like, like people do that have blood sugar problems. And that's the coolest thing. That is the coolest thing, is <laughs> I, be able to skip a meal and not worry about wait, it. Wait, you didn't say it like Matthew McConaughey. Oh. You'd be the coolest. You'd be, you'd be the coolest. You'd be cooler if you did. 
<laughs> we're still we're still aiming to get Matthew McConaughey on here someday yeah, and not someday. talk about probably anything keto. Um, I don't know what he does. Whatever, I don't, I don't we're care. Not, we're not friends. It'll, no, it, it'll, it'll just be fun to listen to him talk. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so along with all, all that stuff, motivation. So we're talking about tracking, uh, and you know, motivation is a problem for a lot of people. So we have a project that we're trying to kick off, and uh, you know, this, this is one of the passion projects, finding something that's really uh, important to us, and that is helping people improve their health. And we think it would make a great show all based around this subject. Yeah, like a web series. Like a web series, but doing it our way. Doing it, you know, using diet as not uh, not like Biggest Loser or those all those other shows where people lose weight where they just do low calories and work out till they die. Right. <laughs> that is a horrible weight loss plan um, because it, it because it doesn't work long term. So long term, we want to change people's idea of what healthy eating is. Yeah. And, and then give them a better idea of, of how to work out. Now, how this came about, we were contacted by someone who, who, who asked if we could help. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of times people will ask us, and this happens quite regularly. All of a sudden, someone wants to lose a certain amount of weight by a certain date. And they're like, can you help me? And we have to really look at expectations when it comes to what, on any diet, what's possible for the human body, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so when somebody wants to lose uh, 60 pounds in 60 days, you have to reel them in. And, and you have to look at what's actually healthy for a human person to do because, you know, expectations when you go into setting your goals is really important because having unrealistic expectations of what your body can actually do can be really disappointing for somebody when they start to work towards a goal and they realize it's not happening in the time frame they want it to. Right. So we, we reshape those goals um, and, and we shape it not around weight loss, but around achieving a healthy lifestyle. Exactly. So, you know, I know that a lot of times people come to us with a weight loss goal and we do always try to add in those goals like, what is it you're wanting to do? Okay, you want to run a marathon or you want to be in an Ironman or you want to lift, you know, be able to deadlift 200 pounds. So we start working on those things first because a lot of times when you are doing those things, the diet is just natural. Right. And those are your short-term, long-term goals. You know, my my long-term goal is I want to run a marathon or do an RM, but my short-term goal today is my first meal of the day needs to be nutritious. Right. So if you focus on the little steps that get you on that long journey, it's going to be so much easier. So um, that's what we tell people, you know, write down some goals, write down some lofty goals, and then write down goals just for today. And I do that with, like I did that this morning, and I posted about that on Instagram. I wrote down some goals for myself because... Like when you get out the cake that's in the refrigerator, my goal is that right now I can't, I have to purge the almond flour out of my body right now, the oxalates. And so I have to write down, I'm not having any of this for this time period to see if I can get rid of the little rash I have and see what happens and make sure that I know what's causing it. Mm -hmm. So I have to write those goals down. But next to that, I write down some physical goals of, you know, things I want to achieve, like more pull-ups or something like that that's not food-related. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to have those dietary um, goals, but also have goals that aren't related to food at all. Because if you're only focusing on your diet, you're kind of going to get worn smooth out. Yeah. You yeah, know? but that's how you build momentum. Those short-term goals, uh, like you said, you know, my my nutritional goal today is I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I get my first meal out of the way mm -hmm. quality, and then you know maybe you know I have I want to start doing let's just say a 5K. We always say marathon, like everybody wants to run a marathon, but you know just a 5K, just you know just three. I miles. don't want to run a marathon. <laughs> I, I thought that I did, and then I started running again, and I was like I ran like four miles last weekend or last Monday. And I thought about all the people who do the 100 milers, and I was like, I got to the fourth mile, and I was like, 
just 96 more to go. <laughs> and I was like, God, that would suck so bad. That's that's definitely uh, difficult. I mean, but that, you know, that people have those goals and they do that and they want to run 100 miles for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. I think you have to find what you love when it comes to this. And I really, I like running sometimes. I'm not a consistent runner. That's my problem. But <laughs> that, and consistency is where it's at right. when it comes to running. But I, I, I found what I like. I like, I like lifting the weights. I like the CrossFit workouts and they're not much of runners. So I really like this group of people <laughs> because when, when there's a run workout, everybody goes, I don't think I'm going to go today. You know, I'm going to skip this one. And I kind of feel like that. I'll do the, and I like that their runs are like, Hey, run 5,000 meters for the day. That's it. Well, that's, that's it. three miles, a little, you know, roughly three miles. So I can, I can handle that. It's when, if you look at doing a, a marathon and you start seeing the, Oh, today I have to run 12 miles. Oh, well, you know, that goes to do, do what you like. If, if running is not fun for you, then, you know, don't throw the marathon out as, as your long-term goal because you're, you're going to be miserable every single day. I think if we lived somewhere more scenic, I might enjoy it more. Running is great out on trails or in the mountains. I mean, you know, and doing things when you're doing your workout, if you can make the setting great, like if it's a gym that you love or, or you have a nice place out back that you like to work out or, or a park that you can go to, mm-hmm. there's all those cool things you can do that, that make the workout that much better. And that's how you stay motivated. Exactly. Or if you have a small dog chasing you while you're working out. <laughs> that's great. So, so I can't run anymore. My knee is just, it's not working. And I, I decided, you know, it's springtime that, that brings out all these motivational outside goals. So I figured I'd go back to riding because I have a great bike. I used to do triathlons. I used to ride a lot. I figured I'd incorporate that back into. So uh, I ride around my town and, you know, we don't live in the city. It's kind of a rural setting. So when I ride down the dirt roads and there's a bunch of cows, I'm uh, always being chased by dogs. Yeah. And it's really funny. I know. And I thought the other day when you were talking about the dirt roads, I was like, maybe I should go run through the dirt roads where the cows are. Maybe that would be more inspiring. And then you told me about being chased by all the dogs. And I was like, I'm pretty glad that I didn't chance going down there and running because the bigger dog might have been a problem. I don't know that the little chihuahua would have been a problem. No, I got chased by a chihuahua. It was a puppy. It was a puppy chihuahua that decided to chase the bike. And it was so uh, surreal, hilarious, that this small little dog was chasing me. Um, yeah. It made me laugh. You and the, and the... And the UPS guy drove by, and he was laughing too. So Yeah. It was so fun. being chased... Chihuahuas are terrible. I'm sorry. If you have chihuahuas, they're, they're not my favorite dog. They're ferocious. They're, they're not my favorite dog. <laughs> but they're, you know, they are, they are uh, defenders they have of no their... Fear. I know. It's they so weird. no fear. It's great. If you could just live like a chihuahua. I guess. I don't know. That Can might make, be... a, make a shirt like that, live like a chihuahua? Yeah. They're feisty. They are feisty. So what's next? Uh, well, so I mean, we talked about, you know, motivation, staying motivated. Other ways to stay motivated, like like uh, find a partner in crime. Drag your friend down with you. Drag your friend down. So that was that's a good point. Because we were talking about motivation, and when you have someone with, with that has some lofty goals, I always like fall back on the CrossFit mm-hmm. kind of information yep. because you look at someone like, let's say Matt Fraser, who, if you don't know who that is, you know, maybe you don't get into CrossFit. That's cool. But he's somebody who works hard, every, you know, works hard at what he does. Mm-hmm. But he does it alone a lot of times. And that's the hardest thing. When you're working out, it's easy to slack off when you're by yourself. Like this morning, it was easy for me to take breaks and rests during my workout because there's no one there competing against me. And when you're by yourself, it's hard sometimes to stay motivated. Well, when you bring somebody in with you, whether it's a run program or a lift program and you guys just work out together, there's, there's accountability. Mm-hmm. So you now you're accountable to someone else, not just yourself. And that's when it's easy to not get out of bed at five in the morning and go get your miles in if there's nobody else there to hold you accountable. So that's why you enlist a friend. And that's why CrossFit works so well because it's, it's the group mentality. Everybody shows up together uh, and they have fun and suffer together. And then they can talk about how horrible it was when they're done. 
Yeah. And you know, I don't belong to a CrossFit gym. And in fact, we put our gym membership on hold right now because we don't go because we have this backyard full of weights and it's nice outside. Yeah. When the weather gets good, you don't want to spend, you know, an hour and a half in your car just to go to the gym and work out, you know, inside, inside. You're like, well, I want to get outside. And I like to get in the sun and sweat and lift weights and do all the stuff outside. That's my favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. But since I don't belong to a gym, I've kind of tried to find my community online. And what I do personally is I don't follow very many people who are 20 years old. <laughs> uh, you know, I follow the CrossFit athletes who are the master's athletes, the, the 45-year-olds, the 50-year-olds, the 60-year-olds, because I want to be inspired that at 50, I have a chance to be able to do some of the things that I see these women and these men doing. And it's it's really inspiring. So you find your inspiration where you can. Well, and that's a good point about taking advice online, even from us. You got to know what works for you. Don't just take what what we say as as it works. Um, it, it it could be different for you, but pretty much anybody under forty ish, I wouldn't take really all their advice because because pretty whenever you're forty, pretty much whatever you do is going to work. We're biased. <laughs> we're biased because we're well, over 40. I am over 40. But yeah. uh, I did a lot of dumb things up until I hit around uh, that 40 mark. And then it seemed like nothing worked. Right. Nothing that I tried, the low calorie, the low fat, the high carb, uh, just work out more and eat less. None of those things worked. And I was one of those people that did uh, – I was physical, you know, being in special operations in the military, you're always pushing yourself. And I did triathlons and swim and, and all this stuff. And, you know, I stayed lean, but my diet didn't really matter all that much. Yeah, because you do, were young. Because I was young and I could just push my body harder. And what happens is once you cross over that, that 40 mark, your body doesn't respond as well to being pushed hard. It no. doesn't, doesn't like it as much. And then your metabolism is way different and you understand that it's nutrients – not calories that matter. And that's um, that's such a huge key because when this next few weeks, I'm really going to try to dial in some things for my, my physical goals and knowing when I get hungry and trying to figure out, am I having a blood sugar dip? Am I crying out for nutrients? What's going on? Because if you start as you start working out a little bit harder or breaking down muscle, you're gonna need more to repair. Right. So it's not always about. And I joked with you earlier. I was like, I guess I'm gonna do the eat less, move more, <laughs> uh, you know, protocol. But it's not really that because I might not end up eating less than I was energy wise. I might need a different ratio of nutrients right and i'll tell you right now i will i will probably not eat less i'm going to use the move more but i probably won't use the eat less um i'll eat at least the same amount if not more because uh, what happens when you move more you get hungrier you get hungry so you usually eat more and that's appropriate if you're working out hard right you know I, you know and i see people all the time that post stuff about these people had to cut their calories and they had to suffer and they all have abs yes and they all look you know like they're super lean and they're they're going to be on a, you know a bodybuilder stage but a lot of times that is such an unsustainable way to live every day and when you go have that first cheat meal after your show a lot of people balloon back out. You know, it's just not really, you know, they don't get fat, but they, yeah. they lose those abs. You have to be wary of the Instagram models. Because yes. that is not a, a constant state that they're in. Usually when someone is extremely lean and they have those cut abs, they went through a lot to get there. They suffered and they're probably very dehydrated. And I don't want to say malnutrition. They're just not proper to nutrition at that point in time because your body does not want to be that lean. I know. I, I, I still, you know, we interviewed Robert Sykes a, a, a long time ago, mm-hmm. uh, Keto Savage, and he does bodybuilding, obviously, natural bodybuilding on a keto diet. And then Kristen Rao, she does the same. And they don't cut their calories in, you know, Millie's, quotation Millie's marks. Millie's doing her, her doing air quotes over here. My air quotes for, for calories. But they don't cut their energy source 
way down like a lot of bodybuilders do. Um, and they still maintain that good physique and, Mm -hmm. and that look for stage, which is why keto I think is so awesome because you're not starving yourself. You're not. And that's the difference between performance and weight loss. When we talk about goals, when we talk to someone, we figure out what is, what is your goal? If if their main goal is weight loss, then we'll structure their program that way. But if they have a performance goal, whether that's Mm -hmm. a triathlon or a marathon, then it's structured different because you have to fuel for performance. I know. And that's why when we get these requests sometimes that I want to lose this much weight and I want to do this lofty goal over here, at the same time, you're like, oh, these are like, what was it Poliquin said? You have one ass. <laughs> you can't ride two you horses. You can't ride two horses. <laughs> and that's really because it's really difficult to fuel a workout in recovery and cut a lot of weight at the same time. Now, what, now what's going to happen if you have a performance goal? You're going to see body composition changes. That's that's going to happen, and that's why a performance goal is great. You know, finding a, a marathon or a 5K or a, a triathlon or a swim, something that you want to do. Um, that's why those are great goals because a side effect is you change your body composition and you probably lose weight. Yeah, and and then you know, anytime you're working out, you're gonna feel good because you get endorphins. Mm-hmm. When you feel good from that workout, you're probably gonna make better decisions. When yep. you put in the time and effort, then you're gonna look at your food a little differently because you don't want to blow, you know, out of the water what you just did. You don't want to like ruin all your hard work. Well, the flip side is you have people that they have weight loss goals, and that's because they're they're a busy parent or they're a busy executive, or their job just takes up a lot of time. So they're not going to be going out and you know running 10 miles because they don't have the time. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a performance goal, but they have a health and weight loss goal. So that's when we structure their programs much different because you can work out four to 10 minutes a day and achieve weight loss and achieve goals. Again, uh, you know, and, and you, when you accompany that with a healthy diet, you're going to see body composition changes. Yeah. And, and I, I, a lot of people don't realize, oh, you can just work out four to 10 minutes a day. Four to 10 minutes a day. And actually have some results. Yeah. Especially when you're doing a keto diet, which I think is so awesome because you're maintaining your muscle. You're adding on to your lean muscle mass, but at the same time, you're losing fat mm-hmm. and you're burning fat and you know, it's just such a no-brainer to me if you want to change body composition that you would do a diet or or, or eat in a way that preserved the most muscle and burned the most fat. Exactly. <laughs> it seems like a no-brainer. And, and that's appropriate for people with those weight loss goals. And we can do that. We can, we can help people achieve those goals. And it's not hard. Again, if you have a performance goal, you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to push hard. You're going to have to really uh, be disciplined to get to where you want to go for that performance goal. If your goal is just weight loss, then we reel it back in. You don't have to push yourself extremely hard to achieve weight loss. There are simple things you can do that are not that hard. And uh, you know that's what we talk about. Doing a, doing a four to ten minute HIIT workout. Start off with four minutes, grow it to ten. You develop these calisthenic exercises that's going to build your, your, your body mechanics. So you're going to feel better. Uh, you're going to lose weight and you're going to be able to, to perform and walk around better in your just your daily activities of life. Exactly. And, you know, I think it's so cool that you can you can modify this and scale it for any person, no matter what your your current fitness level is. Like we've done this for so many people. We've taken 80 year olds or someone who's after heart surgery and they want to get or, you know, had like major heart problems and they want to get more physically active and you scale workouts for these people in these situations. Whereas maybe I'm out here doing bar facing burpees. They're just getting down on the floor and then getting back up. And then all of a sudden after weeks, several weeks, some of these people are doing the getting down on the floor and then jumping their feet up to their, you know, to their hands and standing back up. And it's just this progression you see with people that's so amazing. And I love that. I love that we get to do things like that Uh, with people. The biggest thing that I push back on is, is like for Instagram or Facebook or whatever is how 
uh, all these uh, you know personal trainers or diet people they make it they make it seem like there's a secret that they have, and that's why you've got to pay for their program, you know, um, and then you got to work really hard and push, and you can look like this. Uh, th- that's not true. It does not have to be hard. It can be easy. Um, it's just you know if if you want it to be easy, it's a little bit longer journey, but you're still going to get there. Yeah, and I think that you know when we were talking, we were talking about this yesterday about programs and and like you said people they 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 feign this whole um i have this secret no one else knows right and you you know maybe you get to where like oh maybe they do have a secret and you buy their program and then you realize it's just a calorie and macro calculator (laughs) and you just plug in your information we can do that for free online in so many places and then they just tell you eat this much protein at this meal this many carbs this many fats and you're like wow i still really don't know what the heck i'm doing and you know and, and people leave feeling like it's just hopeless. Well, There's some secret out there that I can't figure out. And when you don't make it, they make you feel like you didn't work hard enough. Oh, like, that's like that work fault. harder. Yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> work harder every day. You can't work harder every day. That's exponentially impossible to work harder every single day than you did the day before. You okay? can work hard every day. You can work hard every day, but you can't yeah. work harder than the day before every single day. You have to have rest days. You have to recover. So don't fall into that Instagram crap of, you know, work harder every day, man. Just push it to you're going to explode every day. No, because hard work pays off, as Matt Fraser says. But, you know, like like you said, there is no possible way you can work hard every single day. You're going to burn out. You would be out there doing, like if you're running, you would just never stop running. You would be forced go. You're going to burn out and most likely get injured. That's what most of my young athletes that I coach they wind up getting an injury. And when I yeah. ask them what they've been doing, they describe everything they've been doing. And I and I tell them, you overtrained. You train too hard, which I tell them not to do. I, I give them programs where there's rest involved. And, and they think that rest is not needed and they work out during their rest periods. Well, a lot of times we think that rest is not needed. I'm even guilty of that. Like I hate rest days. Mm. But I've gotten better about taking a full rest day and just like, even if it's, you know, it's okay to take a walk, but you shouldn't go out and try to do a, a CrossFit workout or go do a run on a rest day. Right. And that's not beneficial because you're going to come back to that next workout and you're not going to be your best because you just didn't take the time to repair. And that's been a hard lesson for me is to take those complete rest days. Yeah. Some of the, well, some of the best like runs or workouts I ever had were after I took like a week off. I guess when we went to Germany and we took all that time off and we just walked a lot, when mm-hmm. we came back, I felt so much stronger. That's when, yeah, and that's when we kind of kicked it up back into our our you know harder workout program when we came back. And I remember working out that week after we got back, thinking, man, I feel really good. I know, and, and you're like, mm, I felt like I just wasn't doing anything. But we walked a lot, but we rested a lot too, mm-hmm. and it lets you know your body needs those those periods of time. And that was that scaling your workouts to where you have that um, deload or that full rest week where it's just a lot of uh, stretching and maybe yoga and walks. Right. So we'll we'll share one of those workout secrets with you right now. Uh, You know, a program, a four to six week program requires about a one week rest. Yeah. So if you're out there, if you, if you've been working out forever, you know, for the past six months and never taken the day off, you're doing it wrong. (laughs) That was okay. me. Okay. You're just doing it wrong. <laughs> Every four to five, six weeks in there, depending on how your age, your ability, all that stuff, you need a week of, of deloading. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the other thing is with the, the weight loss secrets that people seem to think they have, it's that you just – you need to eat nutrient-dense food mm-hmm. and it's okay. Let your I think this is the biggest thing. This right here to me this is the big one secret. of the big secrets is feeling the person who, who comes to any kind of diet and says, oh, I just really like a lot of variety because you're not being honest. <laughs> <laughs> that was me, too. I've done that, too. Oh, I just feel like if I'm eating this every single day, the same food, then I'm not, uh, you know, I just don't have any variety. I'm going to get bored. And maybe, maybe, maybe you will at first. But if you have a goal, 
be okay with eating the same few meals all the time. Go look at any any bodybuilder's meal prep. Oh, there is zero variety. Zero variety. They will meal prep on Sunday and they will have broccoli and lean chicken and rice for the entire week. Yeah. And so for us, we're just having like fatty hamburger patties with uh, avocado mayonnaise and eggs and sausage and butter for every single meal. <laughs> for, for every single meal. But what we don't do and what all those you know bodybuilders do is they take a lot of supplements and a lot of pre-workouts. Did you know I have really cut back on even taking vitamins lately? I just quit. I quit. Sometimes we over supplement. We get pushing in that vitamins or magnesium or, or potassium that you got to have. And, and sometimes you do, depending on what you're working on. But uh, like you just said, sometimes it's good to just not do anything. I call it a purge. And just you see know, how you feel. You need to purge sometimes and just get everything out of your life and like that, all supplements. And then start fresh. Mm -hmm. Take two or three weeks and just completely quit everything. Now, if you're on medication for whatever reason, this is not medical advice. (laughs) But I'm talking about multivitamins and things like taking vitamin D and taking all these different supplements and turmeric and all these things that people get in. Yeah. Yohimbi and, you know, oh, come on, all that stuff. All these things that we get. Like we hear someone say, I took, you know, this vitamin D supplement and it changed my life. I took phosphatidylserine and it changed my life. So we start taking all these things and pretty soon we're taking 16 pills four times a day (laughs) and we have no idea what's doing what anymore. Right, you don't know. Yeah. I will say, I mean, we work with a really reputable uh, supplement company, um, for like my, my nutritional therapy clients. But when you go to Walmart or you go to the vitamin shop or any of these places, a lot of this stuff is just not tested. You don't even know if it's doing anything. Right. And you when, don't know what's happening. When we say supplements, we're talking about, you know, vitamins, magnesium, potassium, calcium, uh, some other, uh, you know, adrenal support things. We're not talking about uh, pre-workouts or no. stuff you buy at GNC. No, I'm talking like vitamin C, vitamin D, phosphatidylserine, um, all these different things that people take. Um, things that are essential. Green tea, uh, pills, alpha lipoic acid, right. uh, you know, g- garlic. Things that your body can really <laughs> use, not, uh, you know, again, somebody asked me about ginkgo biloba or yohimbi. I'm like, you're not, your body does not have a deficiency in ginkgo biloba or does not have a yohimbi deficiency. Right. Exactly. So for me personally, and this is why sometimes, you know, it is good to maybe work with someone. I, I decided vitamins. I'm just going to stop all this for right now. I'm going to see what happens. I sleep just fine. Nothing, nothing changed really. Nothing really happened. Um, I'm getting out in the sun every day when it's sunny. So I'm not worrying about over supplementing right now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I do a few Things at night, I still take my magnesium because I feel like that's, if I get an eye twitch or a muscle cramp, I know that I need magnesium and some salt. So those are things that are identifiable to me that I know when I take them, if that goes away, that that worked. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happens when I take vitamin C (laughs) or when I take phosphatidylserine. I can't really say that I can pinpoint a certain feeling or result of taking that. Right. But if you have an eye twitch and you take some magnesium and it goes away, or you take in some salt, which is a natural thing your body absolutely has to have, right. um, then you can kind of pinpoint and go, yeah, my body needed that. If I sweat a whole lot, I know I need to take in some sodium. Yeah. So if you've got on the, uh, you know, the taking lots of pill train, uh, feel comfortable at one point just just backing off and starting over. I know because we take our society takes so much stuff. stuff. Exactly. And we take so many things and like we always talk about when we watch the CBS morning Sunday morning show it's all pharmaceutical. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, advertisements. So we, and it's tell your doctor you need this or mm-hmm. tell your doctor you want to try this. Right. And it's like you're, you know, 
they're pimp, they're pimping drugs they out. Are. They are they're pimping just drugs. selling drugs to you all morning long on these shows. And certain shows like 60 Minutes and CBS really focus in on their demographic is old people who need medication. <laughs> right. So, oh my gosh. And you had never seen the robot insurance from Saturday Night Live. So Saturday Night Live, you know, years ago had their, had they had their spoof, uh, Insurance commercial for oh, well, robot. They, all, they always they've been spoofing commercials forever since oh, yeah. the first season. Bassomatic. The Bassomatic, yeah. So the old glory robot insurance with Sam Waterston. Waterson. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you had not seen it because you were deployed during a lot of the Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I missed a lot of Saturday Night Live stuff, stuff. overseas and gone. And I showed it to you last night. And but it, what's funny is it has that same feeling of all the commercials on CBS in right. the morning on Sunday morning. It's like you need robot insurance, and you know it's like playing on the fears of older people, which yes. is you know what these pharmaceutical companies do. Yeah, they're scaring you into taking medication, and it don't and, you, and tell this to everybody you see. You, you don't have a medication deficiency. I know. Well, you know, we had we had some some sad news on another note about medication this last week. Um, a, a family member has uh, an extended family member, not related to us, who was twenty years old, who suddenly passed away from a brain clot, mm-hmm. a blood clot in the brain. Yeah, had a stroke. Had a stroke, and found out it was a, a blood clot in the brain, and the doctors actually said to the family that it was from birth control and 20 years old supposedly i mean she wasn't overweight she didn't smoke she didn't drink she was a healthy girl otherwise 20 year old girl that died of a stroke and the doctors attributed it to birth control yeah and she just recently got married you know in october and um so our heart just went out for this family because that she just, they said she was unresponsive. Uh, they went to wake her up. She didn't ever wake up in the morning and they went to wake her up. She was unresponsive, still breathing. But then long story short, she did end up passing away. And, um, after two surgeries, trying to relieve the pressure that had built up in her brain. And then while we were, you know, hearing about that this weekend, we were watching that CBS morning show yesterday, and the girl who plays Daenerys Targaryen, did I say that right? No. Daenerys, yes. The Tar- last part. What's the last name? I don't know. I'm not, not going to even try. Game of Thrones. Um, the blonde, the, the platinum blonde girl. So... Her real name is Amelia Clark. I know that. Right. So she also had two different times had a brain aneurysm, which is a blood clot mm-hmm. in the brain. Now, they never said that she took birth control. No, they never tied it to any certain cause. But this is a thing about pharmaceuticals that I think we should really hit on is that there are so many side effects to so many of these things that they're just like skip over. Right. And people think that, uh, you know, doctors make it think like birth control is just normal. Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, just take birth control, whether it's for for menstrual cramps or just, you know, to to not get pregnant. But there's other ways because to do that, because birth control will mess you up. Birth control is synthetic hormones. And it. I really recommend to everyone to go on Instagram, follow Dr. Jolene Brighton and get her book Beyond the Pill. Um, she is an expert in this area. I'm not. But I do know that when I personally, years ago, when I was young and took birth control, I felt terrible. And so I didn't take it. And there are other ways, like you said, to, you know, if you're a young girl and a young family and you're not ready to have children yet, there are other ways like the MyFlow app and different apps to track your cycle so you know when you're ovulating. And you don't have to put this synthetic crap in your body that they know is causing these young girls some of these medications are causing them to have clots, like deep vein thrombosis that can either result in a stroke or, um, you know, a blood clot that goes to the lungs, mm-hmm. all these different things that can happen. And I've read several stories this weekend about that because it piqued my interest in it because I haven't taken, I mean, I'm 47. I I haven't taken birth control, <laughs> you know. But we have daughters who, you know. Yeah. 
And we contacted them and we're like, hey, are you taking any birth control? And uh, you know, if you are, what is it? And you know, they were both good. So all three. Well, one is our daughter in, is our daughter in law, and then our two daughters. We we're just like, what are y'all doing for this? Yeah. What are you, so you're so, the parent asking your kid, what are you doing for birth control? You know, but our kids know we're nosy and we're going to ask, <laughs> and they know what we're doing and why we're asking. So everybody's cool with it. Well, my daughter said she stopped taking it because it gave her headaches, which. Mm-hmm. Now you're like, whoa. And my daughter stopped taking it because the same reason. Headaches, bloating, didn't feel good, felt terrible. Um, just- so there's better ways to do it opposed to, and that's the point of all this, is is rather than uh, if you know someone that's taking birth control or, or is thinking about it, there's a better, more efficient way to do it, and that's tracking your cycle and knowing when you're ovulating and just avoiding, I'm going to say the word abstinence, abstain from having sex those days. Oh, yeah. Nobody likes that. Come on, savages. Abstain from having sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so pump up your testosterone by eating a carnivore diet. Women regulate your hormones by eating a carnivore diet. And then on these days, just don't do anything. Basically, you need to live separate for those few days. I know we ask a lot. We do ask a lot. Gosh, but here's the thing. When it comes to your health and... And, and, and something as serious as this, because they'll always, they even when I was taking birth control, it was always associated that if you were 35, over 35 and a smoker, you had the risk of a stroke. And at that time, I didn't even know what a stroke was. I didn't know a stroke was like a blood clot in your brain that caused you to have a stroke. I didn't know what that meant. Mm-hmm. So they've been saying this for years, but... What we see now is that you don't have to be 35 and over. No. You don't have to be a smoker. You can be a healthy, happy, you know, fit 20-year-old. And, and something happened to you. God forbid that happens to anybody. I mean, uh, and everybody has that fear that you're that what you're doing maybe is causing a health issue uh, no matter what it is. So I, th- I just thought this was a serious point to bring up when we were talking about medications because, you know, it affects – it affects a lot of families um, because there's a lot of people out there who it just is normal to take birth control pills yep. or patches or shots, whatever yep. it is. And if you have any additional questions on that or anything else, just send us a message and we'll... Just go to Dr. Jolene Bryden's page and ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask us. <laughs> no, seriously, but that book, that would be something I would gift to anyone that I knew who had questions about that if in my family I would be like pushing them to read the book Beyond the Pill mm-hmm. um, and find out more information of how they can better their health a uh, more natural way. All right. Well, I think that uh, wraps up uh, enough information for this episode. Did we go all over the map between we went, goals and birth control? Yeah. We, we started with working out and work goals and now we ended Almond up with birth flour. control. My goal is to not take birth control. That's for today. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I'm not going to eat dessert or take birth control. I'm going to eliminate almond flour from my diet for a little while. Just for today. Just for today. (laughs) I have lofty goals. All right, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you have a great day. Go out there, eat fat, and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Tasco Kitchen. Hit subscribe and leave us a review. Don't forget to send your questions to btkquestions at gmail.com. And visit our website, thetacticalkitchen.com.